0: Hello, everyone. It's uh, great to be with you all. Uh, Would you join me in prayer as we begin our time tonight? Father, we are so grateful to you for the opportunity that we have to be gathered together uh, here, to be uh, online watching this and participating in the power of your spirit. God, I I pray that as I uh, open up your word tonight, that your spirit would powerfully move amongst us uh, God, I pray that your word would speak truth to us. Uh, I confess that I am an unworthy vessel, and I pray, God, that you would use me as you see fit. God, we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I think I mentioned before when I, when I preached, uh, uh maybe last summer that, that Mindy and I, when we were in seminary, worked at a camp up in upstate New York, up in the Adirondack Mountains. Uh, I was a, a Christian family camp, and every summer it would have about 250 high school and college kids to come in and be the staff, and we were in charge of the high school and college kids who were the staff. So we kind of planned events for them, and we oversaw their work, and kind of tried to, to guide them along their path. So it was us working, and then there was a, a bunch of other full-time staff, and one of the other people who was on the full-time staff was a guy named Scott Olson. Scott Olsen was a huge man who was like chiseled out of rock. He was unbelievably muscular. I'd never seen someone up close who had the kind of physique that Scott had. He had played linebacker in the NFL. He was a super adventurous, really outdoorsy type. He was Norwegian, really blonde hair. We nicknamed him Thor. Uh, That was how he was known. He's the kind of guy who, this is the kind of thing he would do on his day off. He would take his crossbow, which he owned, because of course, and he would go and out into the woods and he would climb up into a tree and he would wait for bears to walk by. And he would shoot bears with a crossbow and then hop down out of the tree and wrestle into the ground and kill the bears. That's kind of what he did on a on an afternoon when he had a few hours of free time. There was a mountain not too far from the camp where we worked called Chimney Mountain. And you got up to the top of Chimney Mountain, there was a, a cavern, and so there was this uh, kind of little uh, entryway that you would go in, in a little small crevice, and it was about two feet high, and about 20 feet uh, of that two feet to get into the cavern, so you'd have to go up, kind of lay down on your back, scoot through that 20 feet with Millions of pounds of earth between you and the sky, hoping it's not going to collapse in on you. But then, once you got through that little that little crevice, you step down into this huge cavern complex of lots of different rooms that went down deep into the earth. And we would sometimes go up there. We take staff teams up there, or just go up on our day off and and go up into the caverns and go spelunking. Now. There are two unbreakable rules of speed-lunking. These are the rules that you never, ever violate if you're going to go into caverns. One, you never go into the cavern by yourself. And two, you never go into the cavern without a backup light. So one day, Scott Olson... Went into the cavern alone without a backup light. And he went through that, that opening crevice. He dropped down into the cavern. He descended down deeper and deeper and deeper. And then, can you guess what happened? His headlamp flickered and then died. He had no backup. He was all alone. Have you ever been in a cavern when they turn the lights out? It is a powerful darkness that you feel. It's a darkness that, it's like it has a presence. It's like you can, you can feel it. It, it surrounds you. It closes in on you. It almost has a weight to it. It is an utter darkness. And there, Well, Scott, deep in the cavern, deep in the darkness, completely alone, with no light. I wonder if you can relate to that experience. Maybe not literally being in a cavern in the darkness. We all know what it's like to experience the darkness that can descend upon Our souls. Many of us have experienced the darkness of life because sometimes in life, darkness surrounds us. It's a darkness that seems impenetrable. It's the darkness that feels like it weighs us down. It's a darkness that feels like it can't be defeated. Lots of different times in life when we might experience this. Maybe the loss of someone that we love dearly brings a darkness into our souls. Maybe a, a really difficult relationship that we have in our lives. Maybe it's the challenges of addiction. Maybe it's, it's the, the darkness of financial stress. Maybe it's just looking around the general condition of the world. And feeling that darkness. I want to ask you today, as we've gathered, as we're opening up God's word together, are you in darkness today? Are you experiencing this darkness? Does the darkness of life surround you today? Do you feel lost without a light? Here at Emmanuel Covenant Church, we're in this Lenten series where we're exploring Jesus' seven I am statements that are found in John's gospel. Lent is a time, as Pastor Dan talked about last week, it's a time when that the church has set aside as a unique season of, of reflection. It's a time that runs from Ash Wednesday, which we commemorated this past week where we ponder our Mortality, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's a time that runs through Good Friday when we remember Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. It's a time when we ponder our deep need for salvation. The truth that our world is Filled with darkness. That our world is in rebellion against God. The reality that our souls are caught up in that rebellion. That our souls are also places where darkness can reign. And we reflect on that during Lent. And we reflect upon our condition. And our need for a savior. And it's also a time when we reflect on the love of God that compelled him to send Jesus from the glorious light of eternity into the darkness, to come to be the one who would bear our sin, who would take the consequences of our rebellion upon himself and bear those consequences at the cross. It's a time when we reflect in a particular way on our story God's grace, and the love of God that he has poured out upon us in Christ Jesus. And what Jesus does with these I am statements in John's gospel is he makes claims about himself. He proclaims things about who he is. These are a series of declarations that Jesus makes where he describes our need for God's love and God's grace. And and he declares that he is the Savior of the world. That he is the Lord who can meet us in our deepest need and meet our deepest needs. And today we're going to turn to the second of the I am statements. Last week, Pastor Dan took us to the first, where Jesus proclaimed, I am the bread of life. What Jesus is saying there is, our souls are hungry for God. We are created to worship God. We are created to be satisfied in God alone. And Jesus has come as the one in whom we can place our trust, to whom we can turn our souls and there find the only thing, the only one that can nourish us as the bread that fills us and satisfies us. And today we turn to The second of the I am statements. And it's found in John chapter 8 verse 12. So if you have a Bible, uh, turn there with me or, or pull this up on your smartphone. John chapter 8 verse 12. In this verse, Jesus says, I am. And he declares that he is the light of the world. He says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world i am the light of the world in saying this jesus is using a powerful metaphor to describe himself and to describe his mission in the world but what is it that he is saying what is the claim that he is making about himself what is the truth that jesus is conveying In making this statement, I am the light of the world. I think in order to answer this, we need to think a little bit about what light does. So I want you to imagine with me that you're at home and you've walked into a darkened room. Maybe you're looking for something in that room. Maybe you're just going to go in there and you're going to hang out in that room. You're going to go read. You're going to hang out with your family. You're going to hang out with your friends. So you go into the dark room, and what do you do when you walk into the dark room? You turn on the light, right? You turn on the light. And when you turn on the light, what does the light do? I think there are three things that the light does that are instructive for us as we think about the claims that Jesus is making when he says, I am the light of the world. The first thing that light does is it illuminates, right? You walk into the room, the room is dark. You turn on the light, the room is lit. You illuminate the room by by hitting the light switch. The room that was just a second before dark is now filled with light. What once was dark is now light. Because the room is illuminated because light has spread throughout the room. Now you can see the room. Now you can get the lay of the land of the room. Now you can observe the objects that are in the room. You can see the room and you can see all that it contains. Light illuminates. The second thing that light does is light reveals. As it illuminates, it reveals. It shows things. It makes visible the things that previously were not visible. When you walked into the dark room, you can't see what's in the room. You turn on the light, now we can see what's in the room. Light reveals the objects that are in The room, it allows us to see the layout of the room. We can find the chair that we want to go sit in or we can find the object that we are looking for because light now has revealed what is in the room. What just a moment before was hidden from our sight is now visible to us. We can see it because it has been revealed. Light makes known. Light shows us what is there. Light reveals. The third thing that light does is light guides. It shows us where to walk in the room. We don't walk into the dark room because we're afraid that we're going to trip over something in the room. There might be something in the way. So we turn on the light, it illuminates, it reveals, and it guides. It shows us where to walk. It shows us how to get from where we are to where we want to go in a safe path so we won't trip over the things that otherwise we would if we were in the darkness. Light enables us to navigate the room without stumbling over the objects that would trip us up. It it gives us a safe path to reach our destination, to go to that chair or to go sit on the sofa. These are three things that light does. Light illuminates, light reveals, and light guides. And Jesus says, I am the light. When Jesus says, I am the light, he is declaring the truth about himself. When he says, I am the light of the world, he is saying, I am the one that illuminates. I am the one that reveals. I am the one that guides. What does it mean that Jesus illuminates? Jesus, when he says, I am the light of the world, is saying, I am the one who makes visible that which is invisible. I am the one that reveals the truth that you can't see on your own. I am the one who makes known that which you can't know apart from me. As the light of the world, Jesus is the one who, who steps into the darkness of our world and casts the light of eternity into our world. And he fills the world with his light. And through him, the world that dwells in darkness is given the light of truth. So now, rather than stumbling in the dark, stumbling through our lives, trying to make our own way, Now we can go to Jesus who illuminates the world, who lights up the world with the glory of God. Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. I am the truth that illuminates reality. By him we can see what is really real. By him we can see the shadows of this world that claim to be true but are in fact false. By Jesus, we can see what is truly true because he is the light of the world. He illuminates the world around us. Jesus also reveals. He is the revealer of God. He makes known to us the invisible God. Jesus stepped out of eternity and he stepped into our world and he declares himself to be the light of the world because he is the one who reveals who God is. He reveals the one true God. He reveals His character. He reveals the truth about who God is. When we look at Jesus, we see God. I am is the claim that Jesus makes that He is one with God. And so as He sees, as He says to His disciples, if you see me, you see the Father. What is true about me is true about God. Jesus reveals as the one who makes known the truth of the one eternal God. Because God is beyond our physical senses. We can't know him unless he makes himself known to us. And he has done this through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, Jesus reveals God as the light of the world. Jesus guides. He calls us to walk in the ways of God. He guides us on the right path. The psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. Jesus is that word. He is the word of God. He is the light to our path. As the word of God, Jesus is the lamp who sheds light on our path who will guide us on the paths of truth, who will guide us on the paths of life, who promises that as we walk with him, he will lead us towards our eternal home. When we come to Jesus, we come to the one who will lead us through the darkened world, who will make known to us the paths of truth and of righteousness, the safe paths that will take us home to eternity. I am the light of the world, Jesus declares. And then, as the verse goes on, he says this, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. This is the promise that Jesus makes. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Is he saying there will never be any darkness around us? Is he saying there will never be any darkness that encroaches upon us? He's not saying that. But he's saying, if you walk with me, if you stay close to me, if you follow me, I will be that lamp for you. I will guide your steps the the lamp in the ancient world it's not a headlight right it's not a floodlight it's a it's a lamp it casts just enough light for us to know the next step and the next step and the next step and what we're trusting when we follow Jesus is that he is the lamp he is the one who is guiding our steps he will guide us along the right paths it's because Jesus calls us to walk in The light. This is the call of Jesus on every one of our lives. Follow me. Come to the light. Stay close by my side, and you will walk in the light that I shed. If you are close to me, you will have the light that dispels the darkness. That's the promise that Jesus makes to us. Jesus illuminates. Jesus reveals. Jesus guides as we follow him. He then goes on to say, as the verse concludes, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus makes this connection in this verse between light and life. Right? We need light for there to be life. We need light for there to be crops. We need light for there to be trees that grow. We, we need light for there to be life. If there is no light, the earth is barren. If there is no light, there is no life. And, and Jesus is saying here, the only way that you will know the life that you are created for is if your soul is filled with me. Your soul is filled with the light that I shed as the one who is the truth. You need the light to have life. True life is to be filled with the light of Christ. When we walk with Jesus, when we follow him, when we stay close to him, when we are in communion with him, his light fills us. And it gives us life. The eternal life that we were created to have. The life that we share with God because God created us to share life with him. The grace of God that is poured out upon us that we can be participants in the very life of God. That is the promise that Jesus makes us. When we walk with him, we will have this Life, we will be filled with the light of Jesus because light is the giver of life. If we want to have life, we must be close to Jesus so that His light can be shed in our souls. I am the light of the world. Are you lost in the dark? Do you feel the darkness that surrounds? Are you experiencing something in life right now that, that you're experiencing this weightiness of darkness, the darkness that overwhelms? There are different ways that we can experience this darkness. Darkness takes lots of different forms. It can be the darkness of of loneliness. Being alone can be a deep experience of darkness. Where we feel the darkness of rejection. Where we feel like we are unloved or unlovable. Where we feel like we are isolated from anyone who would care for us. Maybe we feel isolated from God and that deep loneliness brings a weighty darkness into our lives. Maybe it's the darkness of trauma. Maybe you've experienced abuse in your life. An abusive relationship that has hurt you. A traumatic experience like this can create a deep darkness within us and that kind of traumatic experience can feel impenetrable. How does the light get into this? How does the light fill me when I have this pain and I'm feeling this struggle? Or maybe it's the darkness of good old-fashioned sin. Our rebellion against God. Our refusal to obey God and His ways, our longing to be our own gods, our desire to make our own paths, our desire to be our own guides through life, to go it our own way. Our rejection of God makes us the objects of our own affections, makes us the objects of our own worship. We turn to ourselves as our highest priority, and that breeds a deep darkness within us. Maybe there's a pattern of sin in your life that is breeding that deep darkness within you, and you're experiencing that darkness in this season of your life. We all experience the darkness, and there's lots of different ways that that gets into our lives promise that Jesus has made to us in this passage, in his declaration, I am the light of the world, is that we can walk in the darkness, that we can move from darkness into light. But how? How do we move from darkness into light? To answer this, we need to think about darkness. Darkness. We kind of explored a little bit earlier, the nature of light, what light does. Now we need to explore a little bit the nature of darkness. What is darkness? I want to ask you this question. How do you make a room dark? Do you take a dark bulb and put it into a dark socket and turn on the dark switch? Is that how we make a room dark? If I were to say, make this room dark, what would you do? Is there something that you would turn on? No. What would you do? You turn off the light. Darkness is the absence of light. Philosophically, philosophers say darkness is not actually a thing. It's the absence of a thing. It's not a positive thing. It's a negative. It's what happens when something is removed. It's what happens when light is removed. We don't turn on the dark. We remove the light. Darkness can only rule when light is removed. The darkness in our souls is there because there is an absence of light within us. We can't fight against the darkness. We can't dispel the darkness. This is the wrong fight. And I'm afraid too often, Christianity has led us astray in this. Where Christianity in its teachings has told us that we must fight against the darkness within us. We must dispel the darkness within us. It's up to us to defeat the darkness that comes into our souls. How does that go for us? I don't know about you, but that doesn't go well for me. When I make it my the object of of my life to kind of defeat the darkness, what usually happens is the darkness gets stronger. That's been my experience with this. When I try to confront the darkness within, when I try to overcome the darkness within, I can't defeat it. I'm trying to turn off the dark. And that's not the way it works. You can't turn off the dark. You can only turn on the light. And that is the case with our souls. We cannot turn off the dark. We can only turn on the light. Don't fight against the darkness. That's not your job. Turn to the light. Back in John chapter 1, verse 5, John says this, talking about Jesus, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Or another way to translate that is the darkness cannot overcome it. Darkness Cannot defeat light. If you have a dark room and you turn on the light, what is going to win? The light is going to win every single time. Darkness cannot defeat light. Light always wins. The question before us is, how can I walk? In the light. What I want to do is just give you a moment in the quiet of where you are. Maybe you want to bow your head and close your eyes and ask the light, ask Christ to come in and to defeat the darkness that's within you. It's not yours to defeat. Hand it over to him. Take a moment and invite the light to come into your soul. Amen. We left Scott Olson in utter darkness. The darkness that surrounds. The darkness that overwhelms. The darkness that is so powerful. Scott didn't have a backup headlamp. Didn't have batteries before iPhones. Didn't have that option. He stumbled around in the darkness for a while, trying to feel his way out of the cavern. But it was very apparent to him very quickly that he was not going to be able to find his way to the top in the darkness. it was hopeless. It was too dark. It was too deep. He was too lost. But then he remembered. He had a watch. It was one of those old Iron Man... In the glow watches. Anyone ever have one of those? Remember those? You hit the button. There's a little green light, right? He had the Iron Man watch. And he hit the button. And the cavern was illuminated. And the rocks and the crevices and the cliffs were revealed. And he held that little button on that Iron Man watch. And it provided a path for him to make his way up out of the cavern and out into the light. It's a tiny light. It's a tiny light. But when he hit the button, the darkness could not overcome the light. This is the promise of Jesus. I am the light of the world. If you walk with me, if you follow me, you will walk in the light. It's not our job to overcome the darkness. He's done it. It's our job to walk in the light. Lord Jesus Christ, we are so grateful to you that you stepped out of the eternal glories of heaven, the brightest of light of the glory of God, and you stepped into this darkened world, and you stepped into my darkened life, and you bring light. God, I pray for each one here in the various different ways that we are experiencing darkness. I pray, God, that you would shed your light into our souls. We are dependent upon you. We don't have the strength to overcome the darkness. We can't create light for ourselves. We cast ourselves upon you. And we pray God that you would be the light of life that you have promised to be. I pray that you would pray that, that you would be that for each one of my brothers and my sisters here. Pray that we would know the brightness of the glorious light of Jesus Christ shining in our souls. We pray these things for your glory. And in Jesus' name, amen.